Appealing to anger and the competitive spirit does another thing. It tends to pull people together. A large family may have lots of siblings squabbles at the dinner table, but if a child is criticized by someone from the outside and that fact is aired at the table, cohesiveness builds in a hurry. And a congregation that is fighting internally can quickly forget its intramural differences if it is inspired to take on some common enemy. In fact, churches furnish us with interesting microcosms for watching how group morale is built and destroyed. For all our religious talk about love, I have never seen a congregation genuinely fired up which did not have the conviction that they were fighting some common enemy. The adversaries may be very different for different types of churches, but it seems essential to find something to oppose. We must not overlook the fact that propagandists can fan the flame of hatred to horrible ends and that wars and lynchings are also the result of group anger. Hitler aroused enormous energy and cohesiveness by using the Jews as scapegoats and when Jim Jones convinced 912 people to commit suicide together, he did it by constructing a paranoid, illusionary world for his followers to hate. Both are illustrations of appeals to anger which have run amok. To avoid such perversions, we must appeal sparingly to people's competitive instincts and we must choose our enemies carefully. There is nothing wrong with hate, so long as it is directed at the right objects. Cruelty, selfishness, deceit, manipulation, infliction of pain on helpless victims. Nor is there anything wrong with rallying a group to work harder because they are angry, so long as we give them legitimate objects for their anger and refrain from creating straw men in order to pull people to our side. Our world contains plenty of injustices, plenty of wrongs to be righted, and plenty of abusive people to oppose without having to create any artificial receptacles for our hatred.